Welcome to Webcology. Webcology is the show that takes you into the deepest and darkest ends of the ecosystem on the internet. Our guides will take you on a journey into web marketing and bring you the experts and the information so that you can further explore the web marketing world. Now, here are the hosts of Webcology, Jim Hedger and Dave Davies. Hey everybody, welcome to Webcology here on webmasterradio.fm. It's Thursday, September the 18th. This is Jim Hedger from metamen.com and Dave Davies from beanstalkseo.com. We have a uh, kind of a, a strange show this week, but it's been kind of a strange week to do a show in. We were originally going to be talking about the World Wide Web Foundation. Uh, Tim Berners-Lee on Monday announced that he was opening a, a new foundation to expand the web, um, keep it free and open and accessible. But um, then something more pressing came along, um, the economy. It's the economy stupid show, or the stupid economy show. I don't, I don't know what we're going to do today, but um, before we jump into the economy, which can keep us going for, well, for quite a while, um, we have a little bit of news to get. And also, I just want to mention that the, the second half of the show, we have um, Aaron Parkinson, CEO of MindTouch, coming, coming on to talk about a new... Um, deck they've made for customer retention management or customer reputation management software. But first, Dave, dude, um, it's a gray and cloudy day here in the Pacific Northwest. The storm clouds have gathered and they get here until February, and it kind of looks a lot like the economy, doesn't it? It it sure does. I know I walked out this morning. I was like, oh, well, there we are. It's fall. Like yesterday was summer. <laughs> now fall hits and. Uh, going to look a, a lot like this for yeah the next few months and um we can only wish wish that on the economy that it only lasts that long but i have a hunch with what we're uh with what we're seeing um it, it'll probably last a little longer but um you know let's let's start off if i can put this out there on a happy note um rand geraldine today's yeah. a happy day yay rand and geraldine got married the other day so on behalf of Everybody at Webmaster Radio and Ecology, and you know, pretty, probably just about every listener. Congratulations, Rand and Geraldine. <laughs> Goodness knows we've all been uh, following them since uh, Rand showed up every other guy that exists on the planet with his proposal. <laughs> so, um, so, yeah, that's, uh, that's, that's wonderful. And uh, one thing I don't look forward to is, you know, what he does on each anniversary, which will, once again, I'm sure, make the rest of us look horrible um raising the bar there again making it impossible for the rest of us to look good thanks <laughs> um and uh you brought this up uh, and, and thank you for the reminder because uh you know like him good friend is uh jeff quip got a birthday yeah. today jeff celebrating his birthday well it's saturday actually jeff celebrating his birthday saturday now I, I don't know which birthday it is and jeff is wise enough not to put his birthday on his uh facebook account but um Again, from all of us here at webmasterradio.fm, Webcology, and probably all of our listeners, huge love, Jeff. Happy birthday, bro. Happy birthday! <laughs> we have um, one more piece of uh, fun news. That's um, Adobe is uh, releasing um, CS4 next week. They are. They are on September 25th. Uh, what I'm going to do is, I'm just going to copy this to you, Jim, so you can copy that into the chat. Um, you can go to uh, adobe.com slash go slash something brilliant. Got to love the, the domain name. Anyways, you can sign up to be included in the uh, in the announcements. It'll be at 9 a.m. Seems pretty much everywhere. 
um, just to find out exactly what's going on. Officially, they haven't announced the launch of it. <laughs> but on the 23rd of September, there's going to be a big announcement about it. So, you know, I think we can all kind of infer that, yes, it'll finally be coming out. Um, and then also on the 23rd, just speaking of, uh, of rumors about the, uh, about the 23rd, um, according to the Inquirer, uh, not the National Inquirer, Inquirer.com, uh, or .net, rather, um, T-Mobile uh, and Google will be presenting details on the 23rd uh, about an Android launch. So that's, as of yet, still just a rumor. Um, but apparently there were some, some reasonable sources that got that, and uh, a spokesperson for, uh, for T-Mobile wouldn't confirm it, but did say that they were committed to presenting an Android-based cell phone this year. Well, yeah, it seems <laughs> that, that only gives them a couple months, so I, I have a hunch that, uh, that the call there on the 23rd of September is right. So a couple interesting announcements on the 23rd for, uh, for those of us in the, in the Internet community. Well, I think that's kind of cool. This is not, it, 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 it's important to, uh, to note, this is a T-Mobile announcement, not a Google announcement, but it will be T-Mobile introducing a phone based on, on Android, Google's um, mobile operating system. Mm-hmm. Um, Most and if I can cover um, other, other things, Google here, um, Google has uh, well-placed sources, um, are telling us that Google is going to be buying Valve, um, that should be happening in the not-too-distant future, which we'll also be covering a lot of things that will be happening in the not-too-distant future here shortly on the show when we're talking about the economy. What is Valve? Well, I read about this, but didn't have time to follow up on it. It's a, it's a pretty cool, I mean, you, you know, you can only, as with a lot of Google acquisitions, you can only kind of infer what's going to happen from this. Um, it's arguably one of the better content distribution platforms out there, um, soft software as well. So, um, you know, one can only assume that, yes, now all of a sudden Google's going to start wrapping up their, uh, you know, sort of uh, um, advertising <laughs> into this, using it to push out, um, you know, some, some software injecting advertising. I can only assume, again, going, it doesn't have to just be what it is. Google's got a lot of brilliant minds. That, that can sort of take this and, and run it to another uh, a brand new level. Um, so I think it's going to be a, a really interesting buy that's going to lead to a lot of different uh, marketing opportunities just because those of us in the Internet marketing world needed yet more things uh, to have to specialize in and learn about. Um, so, <laughs> so I think this is going to be a, an interesting thing that's going to add yet another dimension into Internet marketing and, uh, and give Google you know, some, some more great opportunities that... I think you're going to avoid the uh, the Department of Justice because they don't really <laughs> they don't really qualify under that. So hopefully they them and uh, you know they won't end up in a similar spot as uh, as they are with uh, the Yahoo deal and, uh, versus Microsoft. So um, yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing uh, seeing where that goes. I expect we won't see too much for probably another you know at least uh, at least year or so um, as far as major things being done with it. But um, you know, at that point, I think it's going gonna, it's gonna to be very interesting, and I assume that we'll have some, some interesting software and, uh, and Valve-related things coming up at, you know, SES and, and SMX uh, in two to three years just because uh, it'll add some, some new things that we need to consider. Well, it's neat that you should mention um, the Department of Justice and Google and the Yahoo deal and stuff because uh, one of the things that happened this week, this has been such a crazy week, um, and anybody out there trying to keep up with this week. I mean, you're, you're living through history right now, so um, 
sitting back, trying to open up, trying to uh, relax your mind and think about things. It's kind of difficult. I mean, I've been on edge all week long, working insanely long hours just trying to keep up. But one of the things that happened this week outside of the financial world that's definitely affected by the weirdness in the financial world is um, well, a number of a number of organizations, the uh, newspaper Newspaper Advertisers Association, um, the Internet Advertising Association, etc., have made public announcements about their lobbies to the Department of Justice, to Congress, to the Canadian Competition Bureau, to the antitrust group at the at the um, EU. Um, they're asking these regulating bodies to look into the the Google Yahoo advertising deal. Now, just to take a step back a little bit. About six months ago, Google CEO Eric Schmidt said um, that Google would delay implementation. I'm sorry, six months ago, my mistake. I'm sorry, about three months ago, um, Eric Schmidt, CEO of, uh, of Google, said that uh, Google would delay implementation of the, the Yahoo-Google advertising deal in which Google's going to open up its AdWords inventory for Yahoo to insert it in the Yahoo network um, by a few months to give regulatory bodies around the world time to wrap their heads around around the implications of the deal. Is this an antitrust thing? Is this anti-competitive, uh, etc.? It's a really complicated um, kernel to, to wrap one's head around, and the regulatory bodies aren't ready yet. Nevertheless, uh, yesterday, uh, Eric Schmidt announced that Google's going ahead October 11th. They're not going to delay any further than that. Um, and if one of the regulatory bodies wants to stop them, they better do it forcefully um, before that. Now, the reason this ties into what was happening earlier this week, um, which is the, the financial mess, is there's chaos happening on Wall Street, and that chaos is spreading rapidly through the, through the, the um, greater American, North American, and world economy. This is making our politicians and our regulatory bodies look like, well, look like saps, really, because they haven't been doing anything. It, it, it appears they haven't been doing anything. There has been oversight um, on, the, on the financial industry. I have this sense, this feeling, this, 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 this gut sense that the more the large advertisers start lobbying regulatory bodies to take a look at what Google's up to, at this time, the more somebody's going to want to want to pay attention, if only to look like they're doing something. So we expect to see some pretty interesting action over the next few weeks on that front, and it's definitely something worth following. It is definitely going to be worth following now. I mean, at the same time, I think a lot of these regulatory bodies, like it's kind of all going to be hitting the fan at the same time because they're they're going to need to look like they're doing something. They're going to be you know being bombarded with requests to follow up on you know let's you know noting Google as an example here, but I'm sure far from the only one that's out there right now. Um, and at the same time, they've got this huge mess to deal with, <laughs> where you know in the past things haven't quite. You know, obviously, uh, you know, we see where we are today, um, haven't been quite working right. Um, so at the same time that they're having to look like they're doing something and being proactive, they're going to be having to tie resources into figuring out what went wrong and dealing with the mess that got created in the past. Uh, so I think that Google's biggest problem when it comes to dealing with regulatory bodies is its systems work too right, too often, too well. Google's technology has so blown its competitors out of the water that um, Google currently controls upwards of 67 to 70 percent of the online advertising market when it, when it comes to the, the, the just enormous 
um, number of, of text ads to the AdWords system, and also the the number of the, the um, percentage of display they own through um, through DoubleClick. Like they already own such a huge chunk of the online advertising system, and and their technological systems, their contextual matching systems, work so damn well that their ads convert better than Yahoo's ads do. Their ads convert better and at higher rates than ad centers do. And, um, well, I mean, if you're a publisher, what are you going to do? You need to, you, your, your bottom line support, you're going to go with the ads that produce the most money for you, and that tends to be the Google ads. Google's problem isn't that they've uh, had things working improperly. Google's problem is they work too damn well. But now, isn't that a, a, an odd sort of irony? Because at the same time, these, these rules are put in place to protect the consumers um, and, and to sort of protect the environment itself. Um, but now here we have a, an organization that has come up, done a superior job in virtually every aspect um, of the areas that they have, you know, quote, unquote, a monopoly in. Um, their problem isn't that they're going to be providing a poor or that the consumer is going to get a poor experience. It's that they're going to get a superior experience. They don't have a monopoly because of horrible you know, practices of going in and ruining people. They just keep improving their product and making it better and better, and more and more people want to use it. Um, so we're, we're sort of being protected from ourselves and the potential of some wrong that could happen that we have no real evidence has happened. Um, I haven't, you know, as far as I know, I'm sure there are some stories that I'm unaware of. I haven't seen any, you know, hor- or heard any horrendous stories. There's certainly some, but um, no horrendous stories about Google doing, you know, some, some horrible things. No, they've just produced a really, really good product. Their advertising is one that advertisers want to be part of because it converts better. Um, and so, you know, we're being protected from ourselves, which isn't really the purpose of um, of these of these laws, the antitrust laws. So. Uh, well, yeah, that's why it's, it's, it's really odd, hard odd to, to slam Google for the dominance they have in the in the space. I mean, it's a dominance they've certainly earned, and it's a dominance that the users and we as webmasters have have absolutely given them. Um, so it's hard it's hard to slam a company for being so damn good. Yeah. At the same time, I mean, like, and I'm listeners and and you yourself, Dave, are well aware of my concern of one company just controlling the way the world's information flows so thoroughly. It's a, I think as a you know, I'm somebody who's very much into democracy and into the evolution of intellectual thought. I'm, I'm, I'm terrified of one organization controlling the world's flow of information so thoroughly. Um, now, luckily, Google isn't the only game in town. There's um, other search engines out there. But, again, um, Google's enormous. Google has such a huge market share. Google is going to be messed with by government regulators in the near future. Um, I think it's, that, that, that's just going to happen. Um, especially as they move so quickly into other areas like the mobile space, um, the announcement with T-Mobile and Android. Like, mm-hmm. oh, it, you know, it just, it's all just so confusing. And it, it's so confusing, Dave, that I think we ought to go to break, catch our breath, and come back and talk about something even more confusing, the economy. So on that, this is uh, Jim Hedger from MetaMen.com, and Speaking on behalf of Dave Davies from BeanstalkSEO.com, you're listening to Webcology on WebmasterRadio.fm. Stick around. We have two interesting segments coming up after these messages. Sit tight and don't move. Webcology will be back after this short break. Welcome to Madame Natalia's. You've come to have your future told, no? Yeah, you see, I'm looking for the right life insurance affiliate program, and I have... Say no more? Huh? 
I see you're working with AccuQuote. AccuQuote? Yes, AccuQuote. They are the nation's premier life insurance brokerage. Go on. AccuQuote will create custom creatives for you to optimize your eCPM and... They will offer you the highest payout for this offer anywhere. So when's all this going to happen? As soon as you visit AccuQuote.com. For life insurance, visit AccuQuote.com. SEOSeek.com is your one-stop site for everything SEO. From search engine marketing to pay-per-click management, SEOSeek.com delivers high-quality SEO services at affordable prices. SEOSeek.com can help you with SEO analysis, monthly reports, title and meta tag optimization, email support, and so much more. Want to keep your SEO in-house? Let our professional trainers teach SEO to your staff. Get a free quote and a free competitive analysis today at SEOSeek.com. Oh, wise master, I've climbed up this mountain to seek your wisdom. Yes, how can I help you, my son? I've traveled far to ask why my business isn't growing. You are on top of this mountain when you should be on topnichenetworks.com. But I need answers. You should be on topnichenetworks.com. Specializing in direct marketing and lead generation as well as list management, topnichenetworks.com has exclusives and leading payouts. They welcome new affiliates with hot offers. We don't seem to get the results we need at a price we can afford. Topnichenetworks.com will work on a performance-only basis, so you only pay for results. TopNicheNetworks.com has the answers that you've been seeking for making your business a success on a performance-only basis. And that's a good thing, because my butt's falling asleep. The Daily Searchcast. Let's go to the next caller. So tell me, you were saying that the problem is that your dog's not sleeping well because of the heat? <laughs> we should do that. We should really take some calls. Oh, we should, we should change that. We should take some calls. Come on, Braska. Go live. Bring us in some calls. Put out a phone number. Let somebody call in. we got extra time here. We'll just take your calls here today on the Daily Service. Kind of talking live. And now we're going to uh, crazy days out in Austin, Texas. <laughs> so the number is 866-916-3423. You got all of, like, a minute to call. <laughs> The Daily Searchcast, only on WebmasterRadio.fm. Start your search engine and send your servers into overdrive. It's WebmasterRadio.fm steering you into the winner's circle. WebmasterRadio.fm, we're everywhere. Commercials off. Now back to Webcology, only on WebmasterRadio.fm. Here are the hosts, Jim Hedger and Dave Davies. This is Dave Davies from BeanstalkSEO.com, here with Jim Hedger from Metamen.com. Uh, Jim, a lot going on in the uh, financial world today. I, I, there's only one way to word this, much as I might try to, try to watch my language here on the air. Uh, what the hell's going on? Chaos, dude. Uh, controlled or semi-controlled chaos is what's going on. Um, okay, let's... Uh, Again, like, like I've been saying since the beginning of the broadcast, everyone sit back, take a deep breath, um, close your eyes, and I'm going to try to paint uh, uh, a picture using words for y'all. Um, what's going on right now is it's being called a credit crisis, and that's, well, that's a fairly apt description of what's going on. There's uh, a serious lack of confidence between the largest financial institutions, these are like banks, insurance companies, uh, mutual fund companies, etc. Um, 
there's a serious lack of confidence between these companies about the, the debts that they've been exchanging back and forth over the last seven or eight years. No one's sure that the other is going to be able to, well, pay back the debts that they all owe each other. How did we get in this mess? Um, and again, this is, this is a really complex, crazy, um, very difficult to explain topic. But to, to, to explain it, Dave, we have to go back seven, eight years, um, back to just before the attacks of 9-11, to the, uh, remember the dot-com crash? Who doesn't? Yeah, you remember, remember, remember how nutty that was when um, mm-hmm. stocks had just gone through the roof, the value of companies like AOL, for instance. AOL was so huge before the dot-com crash that it could afford to buy the world's largest media publisher, Time Warner. Time Warner didn't buy AOL. AOL bought Time Warner for... Um, I think it was like a uh, $68 billion worth of stocks. Um, AOL, companies like that, which really had no solid revenue model during the, the, the tech boom, were valued into the stratosphere. I mean, you had, you, had, you had companies that had a very you know, great idea on paper, but no way to monetize that great idea that were valued in the hundreds of millions or billions of dollars by investors who just, with this absurd exuberance, jumped into the market and pushed the inflated the rate of stocks. AOL comes along, buys Time Warner in an all-stock deal. Um, those stocks, within two months, that was like the trigger event for the, the dot-com crash. People looked at that and went, oh my God, AOL is actually like, you know, worthless. But they just bought Time Warner. This is absurd. Um, and the bottom fell out. When the bottom fell out, the money being invested into the tech world virtually dried up. And this is back in in April 2000. So from April 2000 until, I guess, July 2001, there was a mini recession in the the tech industry. Um, Things started to pick up at the beginning of the summer in uh, 2001. And then in, on September 11, 2001, the uh, terrorist attacks in New York, uh, Pennsylvania, and Washington shut the economy down. And um, this was actually just before you, you and I started working together, Dave. I remember, I remember uh, September 11th, I was actually working alone at the Stepforth office, and it was just dead silence. There was nothing happening for days after that. Nobody wanted to do business. Nobody could concentrate. Nobody... Um, really knew which way was up, and the economy started tanking because people stopped spending money. Yeah. This was the true beginning of the problem we're facing today. Are you following so far? Is this, does this still have interest in? So far, I am following it. I am interested to hear how you tie this to what's happening today. When the attacks happened on September 11th, um, people were... I mean, just the whole gamut of emotions from terrified, sad, angry, pissed off. Um, nobody knew what to do. The one thing that everybody knew what to, knew to do was hunker down and try to figure out which way was up. People stopped spending money. People stopped buying things. When that happens, it's difficult to keep employing people to make things because, well, t- there's no money flowing. So what the uh, what the Fed did, and the the um, and and in Canada, the Bank of Canada uh, followed the the American Federal Bank. Um, same with the Bank of England. They all lowered interest rates immediately to try to 
spur the 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 the, the lending and spending of money. Um, I think uh, many of our American cousins will remember President Bush uh, going on TV saying, "Look, you know, the best way to help the country," and and he was absolutely right on this. The best way to help is to go out there and live life as normal, keep the economy going, keep spending money, keep buying products, um, and again to to foster that sort of stability. The Fed lowered lowered interest rates to almost nothing, so you have interest rates very low, and then you know people our age looking to buy their, their first homes or to leverage equity on their homes, start taking loans. I remember, I remember looking at the housing market um, back in 2001, 2002, thinking, God, this is the best time to jump in because if you can lock into a, great, to a five-year mortgage right now, you have to pay almost nothing for five years. Mm-hmm. Lots of people were thinking that way. Now, mm-hmm. at the same time as all this is happening, Banks have been, had been deregulated back from the 80s um, and um, again into the, 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 the present administration. Banking restrictions were you know, falling by the wayside. Bankers could do pretty much, you know, as long as the money was there to pay for it, bankers could divvy up money any way they wanted to. And this is the time when you start getting into trading on derivatives, um, into, into cutting... Say you had a debt that you owed. I'm just going to pull this figure out of my head. Say you had a debt of $100 to the bank. Your bank might actually slice that debt up six or seven different ways and sell pieces of it to other lending institutions. Since since your debt to the bank has interest on it, as low as that interest may have been um, earlier earlier in this decade, they can they can slice your debt up and sell pieces of the debt from whoever buys it's going to make a very small profit. Imagine this being done in an economy of a few billion people uh, within the, the, the developed world's economy. Um, You've got to remember, our global, global financial institutions are all linked together. Um, there's, there's, there's very little separation amongst financial institutions around the world. Um, Lehman Brothers, which failed on Monday, um, might have sold debt to companies in Great Britain, companies in France, companies in Canada, companies in Japan, companies in China, etc. Okay, so you have a very um, connected international banking system. You have a bunch of people who, primarily in the United States, who are just piling debt on themselves, you know, living, truly living a credit card economy. Um, you have these just crazy crazy um, sales of debt, sort of like refinancing debt over and over and over again. And then last summer, um, the bottom started falling out of the housing market. See, remember remember I said if you lock into those uh, mortgages, you get a good five-year mortgage, yep. you get to pay at a lower interest rate over those five years? And then what five happens years when that out. five years is over? Right. Uh, you go bankrupt. Go to the bank and you renegotiate your damn interest rate. Well, <laughs> in that five years, or two years, or three years, or however long people had had negotiated their, rate, their, their payments, in that time, interest rates had spiked. So you were paying, say, eight, nine hundred a month in your mortgage back in uh, 2003. Now you're paying 2400 a month in your mortgage. Wages haven't risen a lot across the board 
in the last 10 years. So people who were making relatively the same amount in 2007, 2008, as they were in 2004, suddenly have to pay twice, sometimes three times as much, on their monthly debt. Last summer, the, I guess the critical mass got hit, and people stopped financing their debts. There's, you know, more, more uh, uh, foreclosures. So the foreclosure rate just started, started inching up towards the summer of last year, and then skyrocketed in the summer. That's when we started hearing about the credit crunch. That's when banks started looking at their at their um, assets and liability sheets and going, "Oh my God! Like, you know what? Lots of people are not going to be able to pay us back." Shh, don't tell anybody. Um, well, you can only hide your um, you can only hide liabilities so long before your creditors, which is like the rest of the banks and financial institutions in the world, start figuring it out. And everyone was trying to do this with everyone else. Now, no one trusts each other. That's, um, in a nutshell, that's it. That's what's happening. And we see big failures. Um, we, back in March, Bear Stearns went down. Fannie Mae, Freddie Mac had to be bailed out a couple of weeks ago by the federal government, and that was huge because they're the ones who back all the mortgages and student loans in the states. Um, Lehman Brothers died Monday. Um, and incidentally, anyone who's familiar with New York, Lehman Brothers is that really beautiful... Uh, green building with the scrolling marquee right at the south end of Times Square. Um, I think it's going to be owned by Barclays by next week. Merrill Lynch was bought by Bank of America uh, two days ago, and two days ago the U.S. Fed bailed out um, insurance giant AIG. Uh, making, I'm not exactly sure if I'm correct on this, but if my reading of it's correct, they just uh, bought options to purchase 80% of AIG's assets, making the U.S. government the world's largest insurance company, also holding the largest amount of insurance liabilities in the world. Dave, things are kind of weird. Things are kind of weird, and I think you touched on something that has led to a lot of the problems. Well, there's many things that have led to the problems where we are right now. Um... But I think one of the, the bigger here, or one of the more significant, well, two points, um, one of them, and you hit the nail on the head with the interlinking of debt, people selling their, their bits and pieces all over the, all over the place. Um, well, obviously, this is going to create problems as one goes down. Um, you know, you get, a, you get a domino effect as, as you know, one institution holding part of the debt and you're maybe holding part of theirs. Um, is failing, obviously that's going to have a huge impact on what goes on with you. Uh, another problem with this is, and, and this is just a, an age-old economic problem, uh, is as you move your debt overseas, then the interest on that debt is now money that isn't going back into your own economy to bolster your own economy. Um, so these are two major contributing factors to, to, what we're, to what we're starting to see here is just this, this bleeding out. I mean, on an individual basis, you know, if my debt was held in, in you know, Germany and, and my interest is being paid to Germany, you know, big deal. This is not going to impact the, the Canadian economy or the North American economy at all. Uh, but on mass, when we're dealing with billions upon billions of dollars, um, you know, obviously this is going to have some, some dramatic impact when all of a sudden all of this all this interest rate is now heading out uh, from from our economy uh, towards theirs, as long as it's not being reciprocated, which it hasn't been typically, uh, to the same degree. Uh, we're going to hit some hit some pretty significant problems with a, a bleeding out of, of revenue and assets. 
Um, well, and that's why so. that's why we saw um, two key moves made today. One by the um, U.S. Fed, and and another move was made by, I guess you'd call them the central banks of a number of the other, um, a number of the other Western nations. Um, collectively, the U.S. Fed and the central banks of Canada, England, Germany, France, and Japan have set aside about $200 billion in a, oh my God, we gotta, we got to help people out fund. Um, the U.S. federal government had to bail out AIG the other day. I don't mm-hmm. think they had a choice on this one. Um, and a number of commentators, myself included, look at this and go, oh, you know, you, 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 you can't take on that, that many liabilities and put that on the American taxpayer's back. But at the same time, you can't let this insurance company fail because literally, I mean, I was trying to explain this to a friend of mine last night, and he just looked at me like just with this look of incomprehension on his face. But if AIG failed, the breads that bring, or the trucks that bring bread to your supermarket might stop running because somebody has well, that, to ensure a, a the oil that they hit because somebody has to ensure those trucks is now. Um, is you're in a situation of damned if you do, damned if you don't. I mean, now all of a sudden, the, the taxpayers are out this $85 billion at a time when, you know, really, they could use that $85 billion. Um, and at the same time, um, if they didn't, well, then the taxpayers are, are going to get kicked on that end, too, because now, you know, I mean, this is AIG. <laughs> These are the taxpayers. Um, and, 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 I mean, you made a great call, is, is services. Uh, may start, you know some some services may be be impacted some some of the core functions may be impacted um, and and people are going to lose out on, on that end too um, and it's just one of those cases where you know the problems were made and, and you called it earlier uh, in the discussion um, ages ago uh, you know years ago at least where these these potential theoretically small decisions I mean they they obviously had huge impact but these small decisions these deregulation and stuff like that has led to you know, a necessity to create this fund of $200 billion so that we can bail out companies that if we just kept them properly regulated at the beginning, we wouldn't end up where, not to the same degree, I have no doubt we would have ended up with a problem, uh, but not not this kind of problem. But now I have to ask, being, being you know, this is, is webcology here, um, how do you think this is going to impact, I mean, apart from just impacting everybody in general, uh, you know, in, in I was going to say in North America, but pretty much globally, um, do you think this will have a, a significant impact on, uh, on on the internet marketing community to the internet community? And really, I mean, is this going to be a pro or a con outside of you know where your insurance may be held or something? Um, is this going to be a, a, a problem for the internet marketing community and the internet community in general, or uh, treated correctly and approached correctly? Could this actually be um, a, a, a boom point? Uh, well, the there's, a, there's a bunch of points I want to make on this. I want to go through them really quickly because um, I believe that if he isn't on now, he will be in a couple moments. Aaron Falkerson, um, CEO of MindTouch. Um, and you know what? Aaron's going to be able to help us deal with uh, some of the advice to webmasters on how to deal with the downturn. Um, but we'll get to him in a moment. Number one, um, how is this going to affect the search marketing world in a number of different ways, um, beneficial and highly unbeneficial We'll start with the unbeneficial stuff. Let's remember who we are. We're people. We got mortgages. We got car payments. Mm-hmm. We have to travel. 
we have to, you know, we live in the real world as much as we live in cyberspace. So this will affect the number of the individuals in the in the search marketing world, um, just like it will affect a number of individuals in the in the the the, the, the mainstream world. Um, so you know, it'll affect. It, it's going to affect people, and it's going to affect a lot of people very disruptively, very personally. How will it affect our businesses? So that's another question. Um, in many ways, it'll be fairly beneficial because search marketing is the most trackable advertising channel out there. Um, it's because of the explosion of the internet and the inexpensive cost to entry. It's um, the fastest growing advertising channel out there. Um, as a matter of fact, it's worth noting right now, um, Lee Oden over at Top... Uh, at uh, yeah. online top marketing blog, blog um, uh, toprankblog.com is actually running a survey, and he's asking people to, to give him a hand and fill out this survey, where um, he's asking what internet marketing tactics will you emphasize most in the next six months? Uh, search engine optimization, blogging, pay-per-click, social networking, email marketing, all right at the very top. And, I mean, he goes all the way down into TV ads, um, uh advertorial, gaming, stuff like that. Um, the sector that we're in ranks at the top when it comes to where's your ad spend dollar going in the next six months, 12 months. Um, so I think that we are going to see people uh, invest more in search marketing. I think we're also going to see a lot of contraction in the search marketing industry itself as companies join together. Um, Okay, yeah, apparently we're having a, a slight technical problem here. So um, we're going to go to break here really quickly while we get that sorted out. Um, this is Dave Davies from BeanstalkSEO.com here with Jim Hedger from MetaMen.com. And when we come back, we'll have Aaron Fockerson, CEO of MindTouch. Sit tight and don't move. Webcology will be back after this short break. With our lean and mean team, how can we manage our publishing needs and still have time to save the planet? No worries, 99. DMX is the premier ad exchange network. They publish ads that circle the globe every day. It's a mission possible. But you know our inventory needs maximum exposure. Would you believe DMX had 10 billion impressions just last month? Their real-time auction-based service gets us the top dollar for our ad space, while their superior service saves us the time we need to save the world. Oh, sorry about that, Chief. But we need creative control and our own third-party networks. And who will help manage our relationships? DMX has media guard. We can select our own advertising banning profile, so direct media exchange networks know which ad types we don't like. And we look great. And did I mention DMX is free? Looks like working undercover is a thing of the past. Get smart. Get DMX. Making every impression count. Susan, you're still responsible for digital marketing programs, right? Right. So your team is responsible for email marketing, web analytics, PPC campaign optimization, and scheduling? Your point? Why are you so relaxed? My team deals with five different solutions, tech support teams, and just as many invoices, and it's making us mental. What is it? Aromatherapy? Acupuncture? Why are you so relaxed? You just have to simplify your tool set and unify your team. 
Lyris provides totally integrated email marketing, web analytics, PPC campaign management, and calendaring functionality. It's all in one spot that provides a holistic view of all your team's efforts. And you get all of this functionality for $299 a month. So with Lyris, one company can do it all. I feel like I can cancel that acupuncture appointment already. To see how Lyris can simplify your life, visit Lyris.com. Or call 1-888-GO-LIRIS. Simplify, unify, and increase ROI with Lyris today. Hey, what are you reading? Revenue Magazine. It keeps me up to date on everything in performance marketing. Yeah, I get all my information online. <laughs> I don't see a computer next to your boogie board there. Well, I've got a regular magazine here. <laughs> Revenue Magazine is the only hard copy magazine that covers affiliate marketing techniques, search technologies, online fraud prevention, and interactive advertising, branding, and marketing. My magazine's got pictures. Revenue Magazine has everything for online marketers, affiliates, merchants, agencies, and networks. And you can read previous issues, blogs, and more at RevenueToday.com. Uh, Mine's got a centerfold. Revenue Magazine, the performance marketing standard. For more information, go to RevenueToday.com. Need help improving your PPC campaigns? Tired of spending all your time swamped with spreadsheets and manual updates? Turn to Adapt SEM software to optimize your campaigns and to reach your goals. Adapt SEM is one of the most affordable and reliable tools on the market for improving PPC campaigns. Adapt SEM not only optimizes your bids, but also gives you keyword suggestions, competitive research, and helps to test ads, all in one place at flat rate pricing and no long-term commitments. Learn how Adapt SEM can help manage your PPC campaigns better. Check out our free webinar at adapt.com slash webmaster radio. Sign up now for a free personal tour. Adapt.com slash webmaster radio. Domain Masters. I am the master of my domain. Ask my wife. Domain Masters. Live broadcast Wednesdays at 7 p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Pacific. Or on demand anytime inside the Internet Marketing Channel. Only on webmasterradio.fm. Commercials off. Now back to Webcology. Only on webmasterradio.fm. Here are the hosts, Jim Hedger and Dave Davies. Well, that was weird. Welcome back to Webcology here on webmasterradio.fm. It's September the 18th. This is Jim Hedger from edamend.com and Dave Davies from Beanstalk SEO. And uh, apologies to everyone out there. Um, we're, you know, this is, we were using Skype. These things happen. Um, you know, Skype Skype is free. Free is my four-letter F word. and uh, Or free is my favorite four-letter F word. And you know what you get for free, right? Anyway. Um... Dave, I'm done the explanation on what's happening in the tech world. It'll be good for us. It'll be bad for us. Um, it's the best of times. It's the worst of times. But, you know, one guy who might be able to help us, um, you know, if you're not signing up new customers, an important thing to do is hold on to old customers. Keep them happy. Know, what, know uh, where they're at. Know what's important to them. And... Aaron Farkerson, um, CEO of MindTouch, um, they, earlier this week they just released a pretty cool new product called Decky for CRM. Um, Aaron, welcome to Webmaster Radio. Hi, guys. Thanks for having me. Now, what is Decky for CRM? Well, what, what Decky for CRM allows you to do is from your existing uh, customer relationship management software system to provide additional information about a particular lead, account, customer, contact, 
um, from online services such as the blogosphere and Twitter and LinkedIn and Hoover's or Dun & Bradstreet, in addition to your existing enterprise applications and data sources such as your financial software system, your support ticketing system. So from within your CRM system, you, can, you, you have this complete dashboard of a particular company or um, prospect. Uh, so it really helps people improve how they service their customers and then also um, helps them to accelerate the, the, the closing of new customers. And uh, I can give you some real-world examples of that. Uh, you know, here in, in MindTouch, we use our software, of course, and uh, we have one sales guy who was on a call, and as a result of this kind of dashboard into multiple systems and online services, he immediately realized that this particular company was several blocks from where he grew up, started talking about the local hamburger stand. Um, they ended up knowing, having mutual friends and closed the deal um, because of the level of famili familiarity that was possible um, as a result, a direct result of using Decky for CRM. Another uh, what, a story that I think is, is even more interesting is a particular salesperson here was making a call to somebody who had uh, um, asked for information um, and in in the process of making that call, recognized that an executive at that particular company was talking about the need for improved collaboration and communication within their corporation and how maybe some wikis or blogs or something along those lines might be helpful. Um, this particular prospect wasn't aware of the executive who had blogged about it and then also talked about it in Twitter. Uh, and immediately the salesperson was able to say, well, you know, so-and-so, your company is talking about this. So, you know, let's make this happen. The deal closed you know, that week. Well, let's take a step back for a second. I, um, I'm using uh, Salesforce, we'll say, as, uh, as my, CR, my CRM software, and I've got tons of information about um, my, my leads and prospects, and I'm making my sales calls. Um, I have Decky for CRM. I've just installed it. How is that going to change the screen? I'm, my, 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 I know what I'm looking for on my Salesforce screen. How is uh, Decky for CRM going to change my Salesforce screen? Well, you can add this Decky CRM as um, a window within Salesforce. That's exactly how we do it at MindTouch. Is when our salespeople have their assigned leads, they'll click on a lead. They'll see the uh, company vitals at the top inside Salesforce. They'll scroll down, and there's a frame that exposes within that fr um, um, frame MindTouch Decky for CRM that pulls in contents from LinkedIn and all of these other services. Plus, for us, our financial software system, our support ticketing system, etc., all in one common view. So, uh, and here's the thing that I think is really important. Not only does it allow you to see this, but fundamentally it's, it's, it's a wiki page. I mean, MindTouch provides this wiki interface to this web services framework, um, and then you can hook in other systems, and we partnered with SnapLogic to deliver this particular solution. But um, what, what it allows you to do is, let's say that you, your, your business needs change or evolve you can edit it. It's a wiki page. It's not hard to do. With point and click, you can pull in different systems, set up your report slightly differently. So, you know, you were talking, you guys were talking previously about these down economic times, and I mean, it's basically been an, a, an economic apocalypse, right? Uh, the beautiful thing about what we're doing at MindTouch is um, instead of having IBM Global Services paratroop in with 25 consultants and have a six or seven figure engagement, that takes you know half a year to a year. You can deploy Decky for CRM. Maybe you need a little bit of consulting services. SnapLogic provides that. MindTouch has a lot of partners that provide that to hook in your enterprise systems. But for all the online services, that's just turnkey out of the box. 
Right. And, and then, um, so at a price point starting at 15000 instead of, you know, hundreds of thousands or a million dollars, you have something that isn't even set in stone that you can then iterate on and evolve based on how your needs evolve without spending hundreds of thousands of dollars more. You guys chose a tough week for your release, eh? <laughs> oh, it, oh, indeed. I mean, also happened. following on the heels of um, uh, TechCrunch 50 and Demo. You know, all of the journalists are just, like, kind of wiped out, and then they wake up, and, you know, it's like, oh, my God, it's the end of the world with the economy, too. <laughs> well, yeah, but, you know, it, it hasn't deterred us from getting a significant amount of pickup. And I, I want to say that Dennis Howlett from ZDNet, uh, and I'll put this into the, uh, um, into the chat has an article that touches on um, the economy and how it's going to affect, you know, everything, but also uh, technology and, um, you know, enterprise software in particular. So, so I encourage everybody to take a read of that post that Dennis Howlett did. Um, he is uh, my favorite curmudgeon, um, the, the, the ultimate naysayer. But, uh, yeah, he's a really good article about how the economy is going to affect enterprise software and financial systems, et cetera. Well, I, I think you're touching on a really important point here, Aaron. Um, and as, as I said earlier, introducing you, um, we might have a hard time picking up a lot of fresh clients in the in the near future as people are a little more afraid to to spend their money, or they want to know where their budgets they want to know their budgets are solid before committing to an ad spend. Products like yours really help um, solidify the sale, eh? Yeah, it does. And if you look at uh, any economic downturn historically since, um, at, at least in my, in my space, right, technology and software, every single software blockbuster came out of an economic downturn, from Microsoft to Apple to, you know, I mean, now you see, like, all of the open source software companies come out of these really, really strong, because what will happen is, you know, we have a an free and open source version of our software that is more suitable for your geekier or students or developers, and what happens is if they don't have the budget, they'll go download our software, the open source free developer version, deploy it, and then once we come out of this economic downturn, that's when they start buying. It happened with Sugar CRM. It happened with Red Hat. I mean, it's across the board. You'll see that in any of these economic downturns, first of all, software companies, blockbusters come out of these every single